It is so good to be in the house of the Lord together, isn't it? Well, believe it or not, some of my message already got shaved with the words that have already come forth. <laughs> so, some of you are really happy about that. There's a few of you that might be sad about that. <laughs> no, we've got some good things to go over here. Um, we're going to go over some of the latest information of the building toward the end. We're going to have a family meeting. It won't be that long, but want to give you some of the latest information on the building as we move on in this meeting. But, yeah... It is great, it is great that God gives us the opportunity to fast. It's nothing we do to earn any credibility with him. It's not an activity that, that earns our way into his graces. He already pours out his grace upon us. This year's theme, as you've already heard, is Emmanuel, God with us. Or you could also say us with God. It's a beautiful thing. I want to highlight some of the things that have happened in the past year as a result of last year's first fruit fast. Those of you that may not know, every January we do a 21-day fast, and this is our 15th annual 21-day fast in January. And as I said, we don't earn anything, but God sure does bless us when we put him first. This year, here's some highlights of testimonies. We saw several salvations. People giving their hearts to the Lord for the first time. Many of whom are staying here in this house and receiving good discipleship. Thank you, Jesus, for that. As a result of God moving this year, we saw several deliverances. Deliverances from alcoholism, praise God, anxiety, Unforgiveness and bitterness, God is good. Marriages that were on the brink of separating, divorce, the brokenness in marriages, reconciled in the name of Jesus. If you're here today and you're dealing with any of these issues, I'm just saying he's the same God he was this past year that he is in, in 2024, and he will show himself strong on your behalf. We saw numerous water baptisms, too many to count. We planned for four water baptisms, which is the most we've ever planned for. But we ended up doing eight different services with water baptisms, some of whom were second and third time water baptisms, but the lion's share of our water baptisms was th were those that were baptized for the first time. Various healings, allergies, chronic knee pain, chronic shoulder pain, migraine headaches, cancer. In Jesus' name. I'll remind the house that the Lord says through the Apostle Paul, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets us free from the law of sin and death. That includes the consequence of the fall of man in disease. He is the Lord, our, our healer, Yahweh Rapha. He heals our diseases. There's many more healings, but I'm just highlighting now. We saw numerous miracles. Many people in this place were seeking employment, seeking jobs. And God came through in a strong way. Some were without employment, and some were in a job that they just knew, I don't belong here. 
and God made a way for them to find new employment and gainful employment. Praise the Lord. He is the Lord who provides, who makes himself visible in so many ways. This is a miracle. Um, it's, it's, it's most sincerely felt by the leadership because we did nothing, really nothing, to administrate or make this happen. But we now have 19 small groups in this church. And there's more people coming, coming up that want to do this. This is just the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord moving on people's hearts. I want to open up my home to do a Bible study, to get into the living Word of God and have God do whatever He wants to do in the small group setting. Praise God for that. We have grown. I, even, even today, I'm looking out and I am seeing new faces that I have not met yet. Uh, Welcome to ACF. My name is Pastor Josh. It's nice to meet you. Because I don't have time because of all the things that are going on to meet you personally all the time. But God is growing this house in a wonderful way. And I would say, I think quite honestly, in spite of me, in spite of your leadership, we're human. We're doing our best to pursue the Lord. We are. We keep each other, each other going. We're stirring each other up in the faith. But God is moving when he is lifted up, when he is the center, when there's a center of Jesus Christ, good things are happening. We now have over 300 people, and that is just a conservative number. We probably have closer to 350 people um, in this house right now, and God is just moving. Um, I'll add that Pastor Tom's youth group and the youth leaders, I just want to honor them, Britt and Tom Martinson, Abby and Dave Youngs. Pastor Tom and Lindsay, <clears throat> and the others that have just contributed to our youth and pouring in. We thank you and honor you. We have over 50 students that regularly attend our youth group. I think that is our largest youth group ever. <laughs> Please don't misunderstand me. I am not bragging. I am just giving glory to the Lord and testifying of the good things he's doing and the ways that he is bringing heaven to earth in our region and influencing this land in a powerful, powerful, undeniable way in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Amen. Uh, on a side note, just a bit of a financial highlight. We have two brand new paved parking lots with stripes on them because of the growth, but because of the generous giving of this house. Those of us that are members, uh, ACF voting members, those of us that are not, those of us that are in process of becoming a member, I want to honor all of it. This is a house that takes seriously what God is doing and puts God first in finances. You hardly ever hear us ask for finances. It's because God is just moving and doing his thing. It's amazing. I'll also just quickly mention that we had a few big uh, outreach events this past year. Uh, Bo leads those, and him and his team have told me that we had more people attend our school supply giveaway, benefit from that in the community, more people with our trunk or treat event, more people with our Thanksgiving dinner event. The community was truly blessed this year. And where's my sister Anne? This is for you. One more highlight. This is the first year that we've ever had communion every week. <laughs> and I know that you were praying for that. That's something that God stirred in our hearts to do, and we're going to do it again today 
I'm tempted to do it now, but I think it's more fitting after the message. <laughs> what God is doing, we had an opportunity to commune with him and remember all that he is doing for us. As I said, the theme for this year's fast is Emmanuel, God with us. I'm going to give you a quick Josh Committer definition of fasting. And uh, you can take it or leave it. I believe, it's, I believe it's good. It's founded in the word of God, some of the scripture which is already read. Fasting is voluntarily, not mandatorily. Jesus said, when you fast. But it doesn't mean that we all are mandated to do it at the same time. Just be free to follow the Lord's leading in this time. There's, a, there's plenty of us, myself included, that are going to fast. And you're just going to receive the blessing that's going to overflow because God wants to bless everyone. And when we sow into the kingdom, many things, many other people get blessed. It's voluntarily abstaining from food. It's not just abstaining from entertainment. It's not just curtailing our activities. The Hebrew word sum and its cognate som, the Greek word neste, they all mean throughout the scripture, 77 times the word fasting is meant. It means to abstain and limit what we consume with food. So make no mistake about it, it is good to limit our social media time. It is good to limit what we're letting in our eye gate and what we're in, in, into our ear gate from, from the world. But fasting involves not only that, but abstaining from food. The 17th century Puritans called it this, soul fattening. Soul fattening. And they did not mean it like we do here in the 21st century. That's a bad word, fat. They meant it as healthy. When we fast, when we limit what we're taking in for physical sustenance, we're focused on what God wants to give us by way of his word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. We sharpen our ears, we sharpen our eyes to everything he's speaking, everything he's showing us as we fast. Our souls get fat. Did I finish the definition? No. It's abstaining from food for a period of time for the purpose of drawing near to God. And thank you, Jesus, for that. Emmanuel means God with us. This is a passage that I haven't typically seen as speaking to Emmanuel, God with us, with us, but it surely does. The Word, Jesus himself, became flesh and dwelt among us. Dwelt among us, Emmanuel. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the public reading of your word, and we bless it. It is always good to proclaim, preach, kerygma, the word of God. Theologians and theology in general, at least Christologic theology, has four main events that happen in the Bible that describe the whole span of mankind. It starts with the creation a major event when God created Adam 6,000 years ago. The subsequent fall that happened in Genesis 3 when Jesus came, the redemption. And then the future that Revelation speaks to, speaks to in some detail and other scriptures speak to, the future consummation of all things. 
Why I'm showing you this is that Emmanuel is not just, it certainly is principally expressed in the incarnation of Jesus, God in the flesh dwelling with us. But that is not the only way it is expressed. God has always wanted to be with us since the inception, since the creation of humankind. He proved it in all of the covenants that he had, that he initiated and some which we initiated but these he initiated the noahic covenant the abrahamic covenant the mosaic covenant and the davidic covenant not to mention the adamic covenant all covenants that god is demonstrating to us that he wants to be with us this is a big deal and it is important for us to understand because despite the average span of humankind 81.2 years in the u.s There is a big God that exists centuries and millennia before we came to be. Let us not be so egocentric that we think, oh, my definition of what life is about should dictate my philosophy, my paradigm, my perspective on things. God is calling us in this fast and throughout humankind to liberate, to come out of our perspectives, to come out of our limitations and see that he is a big God. Tell somebody he's a big God. Say it again. He gave us these covenants in the Old Testament, and then he gave us Emmanuel himself, Jesus, which led to redemption, the possibility of redemption. All we have to do is repent, exchange the lie that we're living for the truth that Jesus is. We repent, we change, we turn from everything that's wrong and everything the Holy Spirit reveals to us as wrong because he is the one that convinces our hearts, even those of us that are atheists, there might be some here, those of us that are ex-atheists can testify we know right from wrong and it's because of the Holy Spirit poured out. Jesus himself, Emmanuel, said the Holy Spirit has come to convince of sin, the reality of sin, of judgment, and of righteousness. The Holy Spirit arrives after Jesus ascended. Holy Spirit is a picture, is a type of Emmanuel. John 14 tells us that Jesus says, unless I ascend, I cannot send him to you. And when he comes to you, he will dwell with you. Thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit. He is with us, speaking to us, convincing our hearts, even as Christians, of the way we should go. He leads us and guides us into his way everlasting. And Jesus said, he even reveals deep and secret things. We don't need to look to the news. We, he's ordained that preachers preach, and he's ordained that teachers teach, and prophets prophesy. But fundamentally and principally, we look to Jesus himself through the Holy Spirit who speaks to us and speaks to us deep and secret things. He brings darkness where there's light. He starts his illumination, if you will, in our hearts, shining deeply into our spirits and into our souls and seeing if there's any wicked way in us. That may make you feel a little scared. (laughs) But it is always good when the Holy Spirit speaks. It is always wonderful when he speaks. I want to remind the house, 
It's the Holy Spirit that is a type of Emmanuel, and he is with us. And this is just for free. The new heaven and the new earth arrives in the consummation of all things. Whatever your view on end times or eschatology is, I don't want to debate that. We can all agree that there is a new heaven and a new earth that's coming where God in his manifest glory reveals himself to all earth and to all creation. And that is coming. Amen? Amen. I'm going to go on here. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. I'm going to give you a few Old Testament names that prove that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Again, with the emphasis on God being who he is, a big God above any single situation that we have. I'm specifically feeling in the spirit in this message, some of us might feel alone. It can happen in subtle and deceptive ways. We feel like no one knows what we're going through. We might literally be physically alone. We've lost loved ones and we're grieving. The Word of God says we weep with those who weep and we weep and we weep with you. Some of us have gone through trauma that no one else has experienced and it can feel lonely. I'm the only one that's going through these things. Various reasons that we can feel alone. I want to remind you that he is with us and he is a big God. He is Elohim in Genesis 1, verse 1, the creator God. John 1 tells us that Jesus is the one who was present and created all things. He is Yahweh Hayah. Say Hayah. Hayah. That's Hebrew for I am. Jesus reminds the Jewish believers. Ego ami, Greek for I am. He is a big God. We're not alone. He is with us. He is Adonai in the Old Testament. I paraphrase that with the phrase, the boss. Jesus tells us that every knee should bow before him. He is Lord of all things. He is the boss. He is Adonai, or I just said that. He is Yahweh Nisi, the Lord, our banner of victory. And Jesus says, that he is the victory. All things are victorious in him who raised Jesus from the dead. That's the words of Paul, who raised Christ from the dead. That is the words of Paul. Jesus conquering death is our victory. He is Yahweh Ra'ah, the Lord, our shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He sozos us, he saves us, and he leads us in and out of green pasture. When we're alone in our spirits, in our hearts, and in our minds, it is hard to find green pasture. We're not finding it, and it's that very reason that we're feeling alone. But Jesus is here today. He's here in the past, and he's here in the future. He never leaves us or forsakes us. He's here telling us he will lead us in and out of green pasture. He sustains us. He causes us not just to survive, but to thrive in him. That's a reality for every believer, no matter what the circumstance is. He is Yahweh Shalom in the Old Testament. He is the prince of Arene. I don't know why the Greek and the Hebrew are coming out. Sometimes in the spirit, they just do. Arene is Greek for, the Holy, for peace in the New Testament. 
He is the Prince of Peace in the New Testament. He reminds us in His Word. His peace guards our hearts. It's a peace that goes beyond all understanding, meaning... No matter what situation is going on around me, even in my marriage, even in my family, even in the workplace, no matter what situation I'm in, the peace of God guards my heart, regardless of what's going on around. Proverbs 4.23, written by the second most wise man in the world, Solomon himself, Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence. For that's where issues begin. So often we're looking at each other or other situations or why am I the victim in this situation? I just want to say there is some truth to the fact that we're all victims. But there's a greater truth that the issue that I'm a victim of, the situation that in which I feel a victim, the situation that causes me to have this overwhelming sense of loneliness is secondary to the truth of the Word of God which says, keep my heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. I can let those things dictate to me, or I can let him, Emmanuel, who is in me, dictate to those things. (laughs) I don't have time to go into it, but I have many testimonies, and you do too. He is a good God. I just want to say one more. He's El Elyon, the Lord Most High. Luke chapter 22, verse 69 says, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And in case you don't know what that means, it means he's way up high. The God who wanted to be a part of us and be with us and wanted us to be with him in the Old Testament is perfectly expressed in Jesus, his very image, in Emmanuel himself. All I'm saying, folks, is that it is a big deal that God wants to be with us. He wants to shake off the blockages, the blindings, the things that hold us back from engaging in that revelation. Theologians refer to him as the holy other. Again, just to underscore that he is a big, big God. Holy other is what the term that they come up with to describe God being completely above completely distinct and perfectly infinite compared to his creation, including the angels. Theologians call it the hypostatic union. It is good to be taught in the house of the Lord, so I'm going to teach a little bit. Hypostatic union is a theological term that refers to God being truly God, but also truly man. Jesus referred to as the Son of Man and Son of God. The Holy Spirit birthed the seed in the human. That Holy Spirit seed caused Jesus to be perfectly God, while at the same time, the physical seed of the woman caused Jesus to be perfectly flesh. It is a huge mystery. It ought to cause us to be humble, but it ought to cause us all to know how much he loves us. And let that love be what is with us, the expression of Emmanuel in our hearts. Let me give you one verse, and then we're going to go into our family meeting, which isn't going to be too long. 
The author of Hebrews writes, when Jesus came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body. Again, this hypostatic union. The holy other becoming holy human so that he can sympathize with us. He knows what it's like to be lonely. No one understood what he was going through. No one in human form. God the Father did. He went to the cross and then he was truly alone when God forsook him. I better not start there anymore. (laughs) But a body you have prepared for me. Then I said, referring to Jesus in the first person, prophetically, the words of David in Psalm 40, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. God has always wanted to be with us. Let's go on to family meeting time. This is a picture of our building that we are proposing, that has been proposed to us, involves a lot of um, input from the house. I'll remind us that we had two surveys, two recent surveys. We're not a democracy. We are a theocracy, but surveys allow us to communicate. In those surveys, the majority of you We go with God. He's the head of this house, regardless of what majority says. We listen to majority, absolutely, but ultimately we're going with what God says to do. The majority of of the respondents in the first survey, our largest survey response ever, said we should move forward with the building. In the second survey, just a few weeks ago, we had respondents say uh, different things that they wanted in the building. We did our best to include that in this design. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail with these drawings because they're available for you to view at your leisure after the service or whenever you're here. They'll be in the conference room on the table. But I will say that we've really taken seriously everything that you've offered by way of feedback and input. There will be a question and answer time after this service that I will lead and I've invited all of our leaders to be there as well because I see in part and I know in part. (laughs) And you're welcome to attend that if you have any questions. And we invite, if you can't make this service, the the question and answer time after this service, then we invite you to give your input ongoing. You can write the office. You can tell any of the leaders in person. You can tell me. It's it's very good to keep this thing open. So that's the the floor plan. Before I move on, I'll just say the pink area is circulation meaning public traffic areas. The blue areas are considered private. The yellow area is public. And anything green you see is a storage. This is a more detailed look of the second and first stories of the building. Uh, We have partial basements that we could potentially add to the building. To the left, or the Dexter side, is the basement that would go under our side uh, first floor storage area. That bottom part would be an HVAC area. To the right, that separate rectangle, is a ba- another basement area that we could do any number of things with. And then the L-shaped form to the bottom is a second story that we could do any number of things with. And then to the bottom center is the mezzanine, including the mezzanine, the sanctuary, as designed right now, would seat somewhere around 840 people. This is a picture of the 
grounds and some of the site work that would go into actually building and constructing this structure. The parking situation that's proposed is to try to split our parking in half. So you see about 110 spots to the Dexter side of the property, which is to the left on the screen, and then you see another 132 spots to the right um, of our structure, and then this existing big parking lot would remain according to this proposal. Here's a nice picture of what it would look like, conceivably. Um, the, roof the roof color looks a little different, um, but that's just because of either my computer or the graphic they used. We did ask them, is it possible to have the same roof color? And they said, yes, it is. But that gives you an idea of what it looks like. And here's an idea of what it could look like inside. Uh, the two top pictures are from the rear and the uh, fore of the foreground of the sanctuary, those two vantage points. And then the bottom picture gives you a idea of what the, uh, the second main entrance would be. We would keep our first, men, first main entrance and it would s essentially split flow traffic in and out of the building, allowing for nice room in our two conjoining foyers. Again, if there's any questions, and there no doubt are, just feel free to stick around afterwards. If you can't stick around afterwards, email the office, email me, talk to any of our leaders. We invite input. Um, it's going to be really helpful. No matter what input you have, we listen to it. We take it seriously. Now we get to the fun part, family, the cost of this whole deal. And I don't believe you can read that. Even with my glasses, I can't read that. But let me get right to the chase for you because we are just, we're just, before God, everything that we know is, is, is open. We're transparent. The total that they're proposing, according to this cost estimate, is $8.7 million. Uh, that's a lot of money. <laughs> it's not a lot for God, but it's a lot for us. There's more expensive building out there, out there. There's less expensive buildings out there. We're just trying to move the way God wants us to move, and we'll see how things play out. There was some discussion about whether or not we should just aim for the shell before we do the entire structure. According to this cost estimate, it is $3.4 million to do the shell, which would include the roof, all the site prep, um, windows, the exterior of the building, some spray-on spray -on insulation and those things, and then we would work on the interior separate from that. $3.4 million is nothing to shake a stick at either. A significant chunk is the site prep. That's about $800,000 um, that's, that, 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 they're, that they're proposing. We can answer more questions than anybody that has um, questions about those things. I just want to let you know this, too, that we have $300,000 cash on hand. Thank you to the generous giving of this house. It's, it's wonderful. <clears throat> and, boy, I, I just, whatever God's going to do, our heart is to just let him have that money and put that money exactly where he wants it. 
And he seems to be bearing witness with that because the giving in this house continues to increase. And thank God for that. Just let your will be done, Father. Next steps. I want to encourage everyone. If you call this church your house, if you don't call this church your house, it would be great if you prayed for us, but certainly if you call this church your house, keep praying that the Lord's will be done in this region. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth, this region as it is in heaven. It's a huge thing. We all see in part, we know in part, God has given each of us a measure of faith. Each of us has a part to play. Paul says every member does its share. There's no, there's no person too young. There's no person too old. It, everyone has something to offer in this. Keep praying. Keep offering your questions. Keep speaking into it as you will. Challenge us. Confront us. Say you don't want to do it. It's okay. We take it seriously. We'll have a joint meeting. For those that may not know, a joint meeting involves our trustee teams and our elder team. Um, and also, this particular joint meeting will involve our building committee. We want to have you, bring, you give us all input that you can. Um, really, I can't emphasize that enough. <laughs> Let us know. As a matter of fact, if, if you're a trustee or an elder or on the building committee, would you just stand and let people know who you are? Yeah. Um, and I just want to take 30 seconds and ask you, Mark is up in the balcony, and I'm not going to ask you to come down, brother. But if, if you're standing, could you just please come forward so people can actually see you? Deanna, Justin, Bo. Just so you know, these are people you can talk to and say, I don't believe a thing that Pastor Josh just said. <laughs> you really can be honest. You go ahead for it. Um, you can talk to them, and, and they will have answers. And if they don't have answers, they'll bring it to this meeting, and we'll discuss it further. These are good brothers, and we have some sisters involved as well. More sisters in the future, likely. And um, so, God bless. Um, thank you, guys. And thank you, Deanna. Sam. Yeah, yeah, Sam was just wanting me to clarify. The joint meeting isn't for everyone to attend. We'll have enough voices there. <laughs> Maybe 20 or so. <laughs> but I just wanted to show you everybody so that you can, you just, just, you can talk to people and they'll bring your, your input to that meeting. We're intending referendum and membership votes because every single voice in this house members uh, matters. Um, we have about a third, not even a third, of those that regularly attend here that are voting members. If you would like to become a voting member, it's a simple process. You can talk to any of the people that were just up here. You can talk to me, email our office, and we can update you on that. We're not mandating that. We're letting the Holy Spirit lead you if you'd like to become a member. But I want to remind you of something you already know, at least most of you. You are a member of the body of Christ. That's the membership that matters, and it matters to us. And that's why we would have a referendum vote to get your opinion, to get your level of support, to gauge your interest in whether or not we proceed uh, with, this, with this project. The votes will probably, uh, sometime in the near future, we don't have, have not have, don't have a firm date at this point. We're going to gather some more input, get some clarity. Well, one of the things that was asked was what the operational cost would be of the building, 
we are reaching out to, um, to get that information, and we should have that uh, soon. So we want to be able to give that to you as well. Operational costs, referring to how much it costs month in and month out to operate a building that's some 23,000 square feet. Yay, amen. Keep expecting God to do big things. Amen. He is Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's wanting to reach this region. He says so himself. As you stand to your feet, I just want to give you a few words that Emmanuel exhorts us with. He says the harvest truly is plentiful. Go into the highways and byways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. Seek and save that which is lost. That's the purpose Emmanuel says of himself he came. He says, follow me. He says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. He is Emmanuel. (laughs) With us, God. That's the exact phrasing of that word. He is God with us, but he's with us in God. I put this picture up here because there are no doubt people here that have a difference of opinion about whether or not we go forward with the building. And it goes deeper than that. I'm going to tell you something that might be earth-shattering to you, but I know of some Democrats that are in this house. I know of some Republicans that are in this house. It goes deeper than that. Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. Those little irritations that we have with each other, they aren't so little to him. He is with us, God. The same God that has got his arm around you is the same God that has his arm around the person that we're irritated with. Let that rest. Father, we thank you for being in our midst. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me of communion. I don't know how many people were just raising their goblets, but they were... (laughs) Jesus, Emmanuel, we thank you that your flesh was broken, your body broken for us in a pure, spotless, redemptive sacrifice. We remember the redemption that you made possible as we partake together and together in you. Emmanuel said, in this manner, take the cup, which is the new covenant of my blood. Jesus, we remember that your blood was spilled. When your blood was spilled, it oozed out of your wounds. It oozed out of your stripes. Your word says, as we partake with you in remembrance of your stripes, we are healed. 
spirit, soul, and body, we bless the healing virtue of you, Jesus, to flow into us. We partake.